This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Welcome to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Sandy Hunt. And I'm Cheryl Kuhlman. Dollars and Change is here on Sirius XM Channel 132 every Thursday from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern and 5, that's 5 to 6 p.m. Pacific. And we replay throughout the week, also available on the Sirius XM app. So you can find us anytime. Never enough social impact conversation. Never enough. We're going to be joined by the wonderful Melissa Hanna. Melissa is the co-founder and CEO of Mommy, M-A-H-M-E-E. You may be familiar with this uh, startup because it recently received a uh, headline-grabbing investment of $3 million from Serena Williams and Mark Cuban. Uh, Mommy works, of course, in the maternal health space. And if you're listening to this and wondering how big of an issue that is, you should know that the U.S. has the highest rate of maternal mortality in the developed world. And even more frighteningly, according to the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, for every five mothers dying in the United States from pregnancy and childbirth, three of those deaths could have been prevented. Uh, yeah, that's a, a incredible statistic. Yep. And then, that, you know, going... And points to the need. Huge need. And going even further, um, you know, really thinking about what we see and what we'll learn about race and how this sort of shows up and what this issue looks like across race. So let's jump into those very important conversations. As always, listeners, we thank you for being with us. We hope that this show helps illuminate a few important issues for you, raises some questions, and maybe even prompts um, some change that can help you or help others. Melissa, welcome to Dollars and Change. Hi there. Thanks for having me on the show. We're Glad to do so. We are thrilled to have you. It's hard to uh, decide where to start with this very important conversation, but Why don't you expand upon my sobering introduction um, where I touched on a few of the statistics surrounding maternal health and and paint a picture for our listeners of why this is a problem that just must be solved and why you've dedicated your work to it? Yes, it is really a a national crisis. Um, The numbers have um, really only gotten worse uh, year over year. Over the past three decades, we've seen maternal mortality rates rise in the United States where they've uh, actually started to fall in um, all other developed nations. Um, And and this really is uh, 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 caused by a number of different forces in um, the healthcare uh, market and ecosystem, um, really driven by a lot of fragmentation um, and uh, siloed data and um, siloed organizations and providers across the maternity and infant healthcare ecosystem. So, and, and can you tell us a little bit more, Melissa, just to dig in on that point? You know, do yeah. we know this? Do we know that sort of this is the the driver of the United States? You know, catastrophically poor performance. Um, it sounds like you've got some confidence that that's that's the real reason behind this. Well, we know that that's one of the reasons. There are a lot of different dynamics at play um, that are affecting these uh, these stats um, for both moms and babies. We also have a very high infant mortality rate. And um, even beyond um, the mortality rate, we have also very high morbidity rates, meaning that mothers and infants are experiencing um, illness and severe injury at rates that are are just inexcusable for um, the the amount of money that we spend in the United States on healthcare annually. Um, And so when we look at all of the different factors 
uh, broken systems of care is definitely one of the driving forces that is causing uh, these kinds of injuries and deaths that are otherwise preventable. Um, you mentioned the CDC stats on this. There was a report that came out recently from the CDC um, speaking to the the reasons behind maternal death in the United States. And um, one one cause um, is hemorrhaging and, um, and other uh, 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 dynamics where there's blood loss and um, and and other injuries um, relating to uh, the blood loss and, and challenges and complications during pregnancy or during childbirth, excuse me. And um, as an example, a lot of these uh, these injuries and mortalities are are actually occurring post discharge in the first 45 days yeah. after you've had your baby. Why is that and different so, in the U.S. Yeah. than anywhere else? Well, you know, this is uh, actually deemed the perinatal paradox for a reason. It is something that has confounded us um, for quite a while now, considering that we spend more than any other developed nation taking care of moms and babies. We do have um, world-class uh, physicians and nurses and health systems that are that are doing this work. But the the fact that the industry itself is so fragmented. You've got your pediatrician working in one office. You've got the OBGYN working in another office. They are each responsible for different patients. One is caring for mom. One is caring mm-hmm. for baby. You've got the hospital that may be the location where you delivered, but if something happens, um, you may end up in a different hospital's emergency room on the other side of town. There are all these different factors at play, and when we look at how the ecosystem is set up, um, it can be a real challenge to actually provide what we would ideally want to see happen in the United States, which, which is a comprehensive continuum of care. From, from the time when you conceive all the way through the baby's first birthday, that really should be a whole connected experience. Unfortunately, um, that's just not the way it's set up in our country as it is in, in other countries. Got it. So, so I think that's, it. that's yeah. part of it. So in another yeah, country, you'd have it. your medical records would be more continuous. Your care would be more continuous. You might go to yeah. the same place for mother and child care, physical care. Um, so that right. you may have someone who visits you at home even. Yeah. And that's um, a part of the standard of care in, um, in many European countries where you do get a home visiting nurse to check on you. So that means that, you know, someone's putting eyes on mommy and baby mm-hmm. after delivery, whereas in, in the U.S. we are normally expecting patients to come back in for their appointments. And so if someone doesn't come back in, we may have sort of lost track of that patient mm-hmm. in the system. Yeah. What about Americans' health? I, you know, as I see these statistics, because they are just so startling, how in the world is this getting worse? Right. Considering yeah. rising costs, rising, you know, uh, like scientific and, and technical capabilities. Uh, you know, I was asking myself the question, is it that we're less healthy as a society? Mm-hmm. You know, are Americans less healthy? And is that contributing? Is that a, f- a factor at all? Well, we can look at the uh, the demographics and factors around um, general health and wellness in the United States, and and we do see this as being an issue across the healthcare market. However, um, at Mommy, we are very mindful of the fact that if we um, it put this uh, this this whole crisis on mm-hmm. the backs of patients, yep. and specifically of mothers and fathers and new families, new parents, and and say that this is um, really rooted in uh, the way that patients are are behaving or responding or engaging in care, we're really missing the actual structural issues that have led to this crisis. Mm-hmm. Well, so um, that's really what we look yeah. at as the root cause is the way that the industry is currently structured and the fact that it's pretty difficult to actually get your care team, all those different providers that are helping you, onto the same page and using the same sort of tools. Well, and that goes to you know the opening question about you've done a great job at 
demonstrating what a problem this is and what a challenge and, and the need to fix it. So how does mommy address this issue? Right. Well, Mommy is a comprehensive maternal and infant care management platform, um, which means that we are both facilitating the coordination of care, really providing care management services, which is that ongoing support and guidance throughout the prenatal and postpartum experience. Um, but by doing so, we're also doing something that sort of sits under the surface, but is a really important component of this work, which is the risk uh, monitoring and mitigation. We're able to identify who needs help when very quickly and then um, align the care team to be able to take action and create an intervention before things get really serious and really risky. So uh, can you talk a little bit in more detail around that? So let's say that you've got a patient or somebody who's on your platform who um, is at risk. How does your team know that and what actions can they take as a result? Well, mom uses a combination of automated and live support services. We actually staff internally with clinicians and care managers who are specifically trained to provide uh, culturally competent care, really to focus on and um, the patient's needs and meet them where they're at in their care experience, and then from there ascertain uh, what's really going on and what kind of support is needed. Um, we are not replacing your doctor or your nursing staff or, or anything like that. We're actually a different component called care management that should be a standard aspect of any patient's experience so that if you do need help or if you reach out, you've got a question and you're just not sure if, you know, this is something to go tell the pediatrician about or to talk to your OBGYN about, mommy becomes that um, intermediary that is a trusted support channel um, and our responsibility is really if we see something to say something and what we call a physician escalation to raise that concern to the attention of the physician so that someone can take action really quickly. Unfortunately, a lot of the um, deaths and the injuries that we see um, are, are caused by that broken system where you're just not sure if you're supposed to talk to someone yeah, about this. Right. You're not sure who to go to. Maybe this is something that's a normal part of pregnancy or delivery, and you're not you're not even sure yet. Maybe you're a new parent, and this is spoiler. There's no normal parts. No, (laughs) exactly. Uh, Or rather, I shouldn't be tongue in cheek. It really is such a unique experience, right? That that's exactly you know you can't compare notes with your mom, your sister, your best friend, all of them. Like it is just so individualized. Right. One does not fit all. Yep. And so having that personal health record, um, in mommy, we actually have a dyadic record, meaning that we link the mother and baby's charts together. So we get the whole picture there, whereas your mm-hmm. pediatrician may just have the baby's information, the OBGYN may only have the mom's information. We're able to be that intermediary and support the members of the care team, including uh, your community care providers. Maybe you have a social worker or a lactation consultant, a doula, a therapist, a nutritionist, and so on. These other professionals um, are part of your care team, even if they aren't in the same building as each other. Mm-hmm. And so the technology that Mommy's built allows for that, that linking up of those providers, even if they're not in the same organization, in the same health system, uh, if they're all taking care of the same patient, then uh, really the patient becomes the center of that, um, of, of sort of that wheel, um, and and mommy can be sort of the spokes coming off to connect up those providers and create what we what we all want to see in this country, which is patient centric care. And so really focusing on each each patient. So Melissa, is the is the um, sort of process that the patient would approve having their electronic medical records sourced, you know, sort of into the app, and then you know, let's say you know my lactation consultant who's an independent 
IBCLC at a community center has no association with the University of Pennsylvania could then see the, the medical records from my birth and say, oh, you know, based on this, I might recommend this or here's why this might be, a, you know, something you're experiencing. Yes, it all depends on, um, on the mother or the, the parent's um, uh, choice to opt in and share okay. that information. So uh, really empowering parents with the tools that they need to create the care experience that they want to have. Um, if they've got someone out in the community that they want to have connected, um, then they have the ability to share their record. And if they don't, then they don't. If they don't, then they don't. And what we do instead then, as part of our partnerships with health systems, as we roll out across the country, we're working with different health systems and, and regional health centers, uh, mommy has the ability then to provide the ancillary care services and so where a patient may not actually have a lactation consultant that they're working with, uh, mommy can provide some additional support around that. Oh, excellent. And, um, well, we have what, what we call the mommy network, um, which are providers that are certified and credentialed across the country um, that are, are trained to work at mommy standard of care uh, to be able to partner with us and provide additional support. So we can then sort of work as um, almost a gap filler on the patient's care team. But we only do that in cases where that is necessary and, and part of the um, process of caring for that patient. So when we partner with the health system, we actually do that work early on to work with um, those health system leaders and figure out, okay, well, what kind of services do you provide here and what's available in this community? Do you have mental health support? Do you have infant feeding support, nutritional guidance, prenatal education? Where they have those resources, we make sure that the patients get access to those services and mm -hmm. access to that care. When they are missing those pieces of their puzzle in their health system, mommy can really provide that support and raise the bar so that patients get that as part of their experience as well. And that's a, a really important point, I think, because often when people don't access the resources that they need, it's often because they they just can't find it, or they don't know it's there, or they don't know which are is you know, good ones. Is, is it free? Is it good? Yeah. Is it, yep. I, I, mean, I remember yeah. giving, being given a thick, like, a folder with a lot of pamphlets in it. <laughs> and I am a very <laughs> thorough individual, and I got to tell you, that folder is probably in a memory box still full with, yeah. you know, 1-800 lines for breastfeeding support and this and that. And you were like, is this hospital affiliated? Is right. this a, a Gerber flyer? Is it, you know, you just, it, to make sense There's of all so of it. Many, right. And where There's is so it? resources. Yep. Yeah. So I it think that that makes a, a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, um, we, we see that really as being an, an unfair burden to put on new parents to have to filter through all of that. And, you, and you know, you usually get that, that folder or that packet of information as you're being wheeled out of the mm -hmm. building with your new baby. And that's the last thing that you have time to look through right now. You know, it's going to go sit on the coffee table or go into the baby box, like you said, and just get stored away somewhere um, while you're out living your life as, as a new parent. So uh, being able to um, deliver the educational materials that are needed at the right moment in time mm -hmm. along that continuum is another thing that is possible through mommy, and it all really is because of that uh, that approach that we take that is comprehensive, uh, you know, con comprehensive care across the continuum. Yeah, and I can really imagine a lot of situations yeah. where you say, "Well, I didn't look into this resource mm -hmm. because I didn't expect this was going to be." A challenge right. for me, or you I didn't. Know what you're going to need yep. exactly, <laughs> and so you're not going to activate those resources. So it'd be really helpful if it's, you know, hey, you know, the data from your three month checkup suggests this might be an okay. asset to you now. We're talking to Melissa Hanna, the co-founder and CEO of Mommy M A H M E E, um, an app that really integrates your maternal and infant care. 
Um, and family care. That's the other thing, too, right? We're talking about moms and infants, but whatever the shape and form of the family. And I'm curious, this is probably not something you have an answer to yet, but as you guys grow, you know, what are you going to see about the utilization of those resources? So is it going to be a right. situation where the demand was there for lactation support, but because people didn't know Who if it was to. free or not free or how it was charged as my insurance, like all these questions prohibited action or just not knowing it was there. If they have that information through mommy, are we going to see a greater utilization of these tools and greater you know, health impact outcomes. I can give you some of the early stats that I think are really fascinating on right. this. And you're right that we will continue to explore this and better understand how to support families over time. But just from the early findings in the platform, uh, at this point, we've really seen that um, one of the most staggering insights um, was from a survey that we did with our postpartum population um, that was receiving breastfeeding support and um, basically managing their breastfeeding care experience through the platform. So they either had an independent lactation consultant or they were reading articles and um, watching videos and guides in mommy and, and so on. So we asked these mothers um, whether or not they thought that they were going to need uh, professional breastfeeding support after they had their baby, when they were present, sorry, pregnant. And they so said no, they right? They were, pregnant. were these well, first-time parents? 70%, yes, yeah. almost 70% of, of, of first-time parents did not think that they were going to need professional breastfeeding support. And, and what's really amazing is that within the mommy community overall, we have at this point about um, 85% of new users, um, when, you know, once, they're, once they've delivered, their first questions about infant feeding. Uh-huh. You can imagine that once the baby's here, your, your first question is, okay, how am I going to feed this little thing? What are we going to be doing here? What's our game plan going to be? And so whether or not you're interested in um, breastfeeding and increasing your milk supply so that you can breastfeed, or if you want to maybe reduce your milk supply and transition to another feeding option, it's still a question about how am I going to feed my baby? And that becomes part of a professional um, breastfeeding or infant feeding conversation. And so I think that was a really fascinating thing that we found around utilization is that a lot of parents were really reaching out about infant feeding support. Yeah. And I wonder too, if, if um, the data you collect and it it's your sort of decision what and how you share it, but would help destigmatize some of these things for, you know, families who are saying, God, you know, this is so natural. Shouldn't I be able to breastfeed? Shouldn't I be able is there something to? something wrong with me? You know, yeah. what are these issues? Yeah. But if if part of the, you know, story of mommy can be, you know, 91% of first-time moms <laughs> really need this, you know, and 70% said yeah. they thought they wouldn't. They think they right, exactly. That really destigmatizes. Yeah. I think we're seeing this I'm shift with that... mental health. I think we're seeing yeah. it with um, sort of mental maternal mental health. Part. Yes, I, I'm hoping that we can do that. And, and it's not really, it's not just us, I think, that have the opportunity to do that. But through the community partners that we're working with, we can really get out into parts of the country that um, may uh, not have as much access to care or support on these topics. And so um, connecting, uh, connecting moms to each other, even uh, nationwide, we offer, for example, virtual support groups that moms can join from anywhere in the country. Mm. And those are segmented by different topics stage of development, uh, different challenges. So, for example, um, we had a really powerful session or a series of groups. Um, the, the session was on uh, parents with multiples. Mm-hmm. And we had moms and dads and, and um, joining from across the country that 
uh, all had, you know, twins or, or more and um, were providing support to each other. All of these conversations were moderated by um, a specialist. And, uh, and so there's always a clinician in every conversation, but it's an amazing opportunity for parents to really compare notes, share experiences, laugh, cry together, and um, and, and deal with things that that may be otherwise kind of an, an isolating experience when you don't necessarily have someone nearby um, that can provide support on that topic. And, and Melissa, how how long do does the average woman stay on the on your platform? Well, I guess I would say that depends on um, what kind of care she's receiving. When we have families that are dealing with very serious medical conditions, um, either that uh, developed uh, during pregnancy um, or in childbirth, or even where the family has a a history of a medical condition um, from long before that they're now managing, we can provide that care management support um, throughout the maternity experience. We really focus on conception through first uh, year of baby's life. Mm -hmm. We do have families that stay on beyond that when they're receiving care and they really feel like this is a trusted channel for them. Um, they certainly can continue staying involved. But uh, we do focus on that period of time, um, really that window. Normally we're seeing families that are joining in the second trimester, staying with us through, through the rest of that pregnancy, and then, again, up to the baby's first year of life. And um, you mentioned that clinicians are sort of monitoring these conversations, you know, these forums and chat opportunities. And I think that's a very interesting space um, at, at a, a huge asset because through social media, we do have a lot of conversations happening among parents. My cousin has twins. She's on some Facebook group, and they talk about, you know, what baby carriers are most effective and different things. But it's not moderated. And so you can imagine topics more controversial than baby carriers where, you know, having the science and having, you know, an actual clinician to come in to say, like, you know, that that holds up or that doesn't or that's right, actually right. risky would be really valuable so talk to us a little bit about privacy and this app, because, boy, is this a time that one could really share a lot of personal you know, information. You're having your potentially your electronic medical records open um, to the app. You might be in a you know, chat session here and, and sharing some very personal information. So how do you approach that in the age that, again, another headline we can't avoid is sort of data leaks, data privacy, you know, use and and social media platforms really being called to the carpet on it. Yeah, absolutely. There are, I think, two aspects of this that are really important to discuss. One is the the technical side and the other is the social side. Uh, Technically, the whole platform is encrypted, is is designed uh, to and above HIPAA secure standards, the federal standards for security. Um, We're actually uh, working on expanding into uh, more rigorous standards that are held internationally around um, data security and and privacy. Um, And so that's the the structural component of this, is that this has to be treated um, at the the same level and same standard of care in building the infrastructure that is mommy as any other medical record system um, or or hospital-based EHR. So that was the mindset that we took uh, to building this from day one. Um, the social side of this, though, is uh, is really a broader question of um, how do we each, as as our own uh, consumers of healthcare, manage our information and really start to own our information so that it can be used to benefit us rather than work against us. And um, and so for that, from from that standpoint, we look at um, everything through the lens of the patient and what is going to benefit her and her family, um, and how uh, she would need to be able to. Um, 
uh, control her um, data or the access to it uh, to really, again, to focus on the benefit for her and her family. So, uh, you know, I mentioned already the the opt-in dynamic, the inviting of practitioners in, making sure that that is as patient-led as possible and that there are as many controls around that as possible. The other part of it, though, is that one of the things that we do see as being a real challenge in maternal and infant health care is that um, a lot of information is is actually um, siloed and families are suffering in silence and, and in isolation because they may not know that what they're experiencing um, has been experienced by other people too. When you're in this very vulnerable place in your life, um, it can be a really scary and isolating experience. And a lot of times what we hear from families is that they, they did not share that they were struggling. They did not share that they were confused mm-hmm. because they didn't want to look like bad parents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so creating environments online for parents to be able to express uh, their concerns, ask questions freely, share their experiences is something that uh, is, is an important focus of the platform. For that reason, we have both private and communal support options. When you are in a support group, Again, it is being monitored and managed by a clinician um, that is really uh, keeping an eye out for those kinds of concerns. If someone does start to say something like, you know, I haven't been feeling like myself for the last few days. I've been crying and weepy and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I've been really struggling. Right. Okay, these might be early signs of postpartum depression. And this might be the first time that this parent has expressed this publicly. It needs to be taken very seriously um, for, by the care provider, it also can be um, the opening to a conversation that the whole group may have around other experiences um, that, that these other parents are going through. So if it's coming from the patient and, and they are experiencing and sharing this, you know, that is of their own volition, but we always take a clinical stance to the way in which we are managing the experience so that it really is about making sure that they are able to get support. And what happens after someone expresses something like that um, in a group setting is that they're followed up with privately to be able to then continue that conversation. Great. Right I was just going to ask about that. So that there is somebody who will sort of take it offline and say, you know, exactly. what you said could be an issue. Let's ask know, some let's other talk. Talk about yeah. questions exactly. or, yep, wonderful. So we've only got a couple minutes left here. Um, I want to make sure that the key messages that you would like to get out to our listeners are delivered. So Melissa, um, let's make sure you cover where listeners can find more information and then you know, in our last couple minutes here, use this platform to tell our listeners whether they're moms, dads, you know, to-be parents, people supporting parents in their life, managers of new parents at their jobs, what they need to know about this issue. Yes. Well, you can find out more about uh, about the company and um, sign up through our website, which is www.mommy.com, spelled M-A-H-M-E-E. Um, that would be the, uh, the way to find out more information directly as a new parent. Um, if you're a practitioner um, or a healthcare provider that is interested in the professional network side of what we've built, um, that is found at network.mommy.com, um, which is uh, the resource for providers to learn more. Um, Mommy works directly with families, but also um, through health system partnerships. So I would say uh, to, to the listeners, um, whether you are a new or expecting parent and want to receive support or find out more, you certainly can join on your own. It's free to sign up. There are a number of different um, resources available through the platform, regardless of whether or not you connect up any other providers. You can just use the platform for educational support on your own. Um, 
But beyond that, really, mommy is growing across the country through regional partnerships with state-based healthcare programs, with private medical centers, um, health systems, and payers. We really want to see this experience be a standard medical benefit in your health insurance plan for every new family across the country. That is the goal. If we can really um, introduce comprehensive care into the maternity and infant care ecosystem, then we're going to start to see those those numbers get a whole lot better in this country when every parent is getting access to the support they need. And maybe this can be a model for other kinds of issues, cancer, Alzheimer's, et cetera, where that it becomes more cohesive and mm-hmm. uh, less fragmented. Excellent. That's what I'm hoping. Thank you. Melissa, thank you so much for your time and for your incredible work. Congratulations on the, you know, sort of big investments and and attention that they have gotten for mommy. We certainly are hopeful that this helps uh, our country and our world turn the corner on some of these very, very, very serious issues of maternal and infant health. Listeners, thank you for being with us. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.